0: My dudes welcome back to my series internet analysis where i like to research and discuss things relevant to social issues and media today i want to discuss water talk water talk is a TikTok niche in which mostly southern ladies make their water they add sugar-free powders and syrups to ice water in huge stanley cups let's make ice stinking water of the day let's make a water i just filled up my stanley y'all this Water flavor that I'm getting ready to mix up. Fresh oh, pineapple, dragon fruit, acai, coconut. Let's do that. Lime, kiwi, skittles. And I don't care. I love all this. I mean, look at the color. Two pumps of the coconut syrup. Mama's trying to have a pina colada. Stir it up, baby. Stir it up. Do what you want. But I'm on Water Talk. <laughs> if you've never heard of this, you're probably wondering, how is anyone's liquid intake possibly interesting to the masses? It turns out Water Talk has been incredibly divisive, and many people have lots to say about it. Hi, what's going on with the Water Girls? What are they doing? They're adding the- the- when did what? why? They're like making little potions on lotions and tinctures. <laughs> Lately, I noticed water talk's been getting some hate, so let's talk about it. Hey, besties, come and make my water with me. Ooh, look at the color. This smells really good. Oh my gosh, I love water so much. You guys have to try this flavor in your water. Tropical punch, cool aid. So, in this video, I'm gonna get into things like some class dynamics, a little food politics, and what it means to be a beverage girly. But first, we've gotta cover the basics. By the way, I am currently editing, and I just saw that fellow commentary creator, Anna Marie, also posted a video on Water Talk, so I just wanted to shout that out, and recommend watching it after this one, if you wanna hear more, if you can't get enough of Water Talk. Why are people so bothered by water talk? The first reason is semantics. Some people are mad that this drink mix is even being called water. If you have water, and you add powders, syrups, and other flavorings, as many have asked, when does something stop being water and turn into something else? Is it punch? Or juice? Why not just drink some squash? This is similar to the question of how much sugar and milk can you add to coffee before it stops being coffee. The limit does not exist. But I find all of this very interesting because obviously the world has many water-based beverages of many other names. It's made me think about what's in a drink. I honestly need to make a spectrum of beverages from water to juice to soda and beyond. Personally, I think it's more fun to treat these questions as philosophical rather than literal. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Ultimately, who cares? But on Water Talk, there has been fierce debate. Many people are actually very concerned about what this beverage should be called. So, going back to semantics, which is basically about the meaning of words to water it down a lot, uh, I do think some people are asking this question genuinely. Like, they're really considering is water with stuff in it still water? Would it be maybe more accurate to call this juice or something else? But I do think some people saying that's not water are just trying to be argumentative and maybe even even a little mean. Some might think that water talkers are dumb, as if they really don't know what water is. As we often see online, sometimes people weaponize language mistakes to make other people feel stupid. But really, does it matter if this drink is technically water? Personally, I don't care, and that is not my aim for this video. But I do think it's interesting to examine why it being called water matters. Anyway, let's continue. Just drink plain water. Some people hate water talk because the idea of making water just doesn't add up for them. Plain water is water. Just drink it. As this TikTok says, if you're 45 and can't drink plain water, bombastic side eye, criminal offensive side eye. And again, this response is interesting to me because obviously everyone knows about plain water. It's not helpful to tell people, just drink water. Water talk is a thing and these ladies mix up their drinks because they can't or don't drink plain water. And I get it. I struggle to force myself to drink enough water every day. If it's up to me, I'm going to sip on one iced coffee from for like six hours so for people who are not drinking enough water adding a little flavor can excite or motivate them enough to get hydrated and obviously this is not a new phenomenon flavoring water is very common there are water flavor packets or drops people add lemon to their water or they drink sparkling water because they enjoy it more so what is it that makes water talk so different or shocking well some people just think that these drinks seem gross And of course, taste preference is totally subjective. Some of the flavors do seem a little questionable. Birthday cake, Ah! this is my absolute fave. I mean, unicorn and mermaid, yes, but birthday cake, I'll pass. There's also an element of excess, the amount of additives. There's so many syrups and powders and I'm concerned. The combination of colorful powders and pumps of syrup. Many water talkers drink over 60 ounces of this water every day. And overall, some viewers just think that it seems like a lot and they find it like offensive, to the taste buds at least. Personally, my first impression was similar. I was like, damn, that does not look good, doesn't look refreshing to me. But of course, I could not make this video without trying it. I ran to a local dollar store to pick up some of these flavor packets, including Skittles, a popular choice, and I went to TJ Maxx for the highly coveted Skinny Syrup. I got Caramel, and I got one of the stars of Water Talk called Unicorn Dreams. What flavor is that? I still don't know. So I came home and tried a few combinations and I was not a fan. Okay, so we have one Skittle original punch. Now we have our unicorn. If this were an icy or if this were a snow cone, (gasps) delicious. It just smells like, like Kool-Aid, so. Okay, ooh, ah, very sweet. Wow, oh my God, yeah, you taste the Skittles. Okay, so my Skittles and unicorn at full dilution, gross. Skittles calls this um, original punch drink mix. So like, this is punch. Ooh, the Sonic Ice. And okay, this one for an alcoholic drink? Mm Mm-hmm, or a mocktail, sure. (sighs) That's horrifying. Acting like I've never had a colorful drink before. Already, I would prefer it probably half diluted. And I do not wanna add (laughs) syrup to it also all these products are sugar-free and they're made with sucralose Splenda, and I just don't like that flavor. If I'm not gonna have real sugar, I'm more of an aspartame girly. So, now is a good time to address the diet culture elements of Water Talk. That's what stood out to me the most when I first discovered it. In these videos, the fact that the syrups and powders are sugar-free is emphasized constantly. Going back to language and the importance of how things are described, pay attention to the names and branding of these products. Like again, the most popular syrups beloved by Water Talkers is the brand And skinny mixes, skinny syrups. Most of their products are zero calorie, zero sugar, zero carbs, and obviously a huge hallmark of diet, food, is emphasizing whatever they lack, be it fat-free, sugar-free, low-carb, keto, whatever. Anyway, for a while, water talk existed as its own niche, then for whatever reason, blew up on TikTok outside of that community. So that's how lots of people who are very much not into this were suddenly being flooded with water talk posts, and I can understand why people who want to avoid diet, Culture might not like water talk. Hearing about zero calorie stuff or skinny products can be triggering or bothersome. A lot of us were raised by 90s moms who were constantly sold a diet. Like, crystal light ice was a literal thing my mom ate as a delicious snack, because in the 90s, people were literally eating ice as snacks because of fucking diet culture. With all this new viewership and attention from outside the Water Talk community, debates raged on. People argued about whether they should avoid Splenda, Aspartame, processed foods, artificial flavors, colors. By the way, many people on Water Talk are trying to lose weight so I just want to point out and acknowledge how often fat people have to face comments like these under the guise of health. Oh, that's not healthy, that's bad for you. Fat creators get sent these quote-unquote well-meaning comments anytime they consume basically anything other than water or vegetables. And usually, it's more of a way to criticize their bodies rather than genuinely caring for their health or well-being. Unsolicited advice about food is not cool. I don't wanna get too deep into diet culture in this video because I have so much to cover, but that is a huge topic. And I'm also not going to debate what is healthy, many air quotes in this video. Personally, I try not to label foods in black or white terms like, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, because I don't want to moralize my food. We all already have enough internalized shame, and guilt, and habits that we've developed, deep-seated beliefs about food, and I'm just trying to unpack those. Ultimately, everyone has very different bodies, health factors, needs, and access, and eating is extremely personal. I think it is never helpful to tell strangers, or even people we know, how or what they should be eating. Most importantly, I am not a dietitian. I am not a medical professional. But this brings us to another very important part of water talk. After reading some comments and doing a bit of research, I found that many water talkers have had bariatric weight loss surgery. These procedures hugely impact what patients can eat or drink and their portion sizes. The details depend on what type of surgery you get, but basically your stomach capacity is much smaller. So here are some examples of hydration guidelines for bariatric patients. Quote, Dehydration is a significant significant concern for bariatric patients, as it's the most common cause of rehospitalization. The recommended amount of water to drink is 64 ounces per day. Many people struggle to drink this much water, and it becomes challenging as their stomachs will only be able to accommodate 3 ounces of food or water during their immediate recovery. Patients basically have to take literally one sip at a time all day, so that's really difficult to begin with. On top of that, patients are advised to avoid carbonation, caffeine, alcohol, sugary drinks so that takes away a lot of the fun drinks that most of us enjoy often no coffee no soda on top of that some patients stomachs actually don't tolerate plain water after their surgery it's called water nausea hi i'm a bariatric patient some bariatric patients cannot drink plain water at all after surgery some bariatric patients need their water to be ice cold some bariatric patients require their water to be room temperature they can't drink cold water they can't keep it down I would have never drank a flavor packet before surgery. I didn't like anything sweet like that. I could not do it. Now I'm what, 16 months out from bariatric surgery and I still cannot drink plain water. It sits like a brick in my gut and it actually physically hurts me. Leave the, the water girls alone, guys. Please, cause us bariatric patients, we can't, we just can't drink plain water. So there we have it. That is a big piece of why water talk is the way it is. Why there's such a huge emphasis on getting your water in any way you can. From what I've seen, doctors say basically, as long as it's sugar-free, zero calorie, not carbonated, non-alcoholic, following all the rules, it counts towards your hydration goals and it is super, super essential to stay hydrated. So, case closed. (laughs) No, never. There's much more to discuss about how our beverage choices affect our identities. Before we continue, this portion of today's video is sponsored by Milanote. Milanote is a digital tool for organizing your creative projects. It's easy to get started. You can choose from over 100 built-in templates for things like design, photography, writing, and more. I'm currently working on this one because I want to redecorate my office. The main page is an overview of my plan. I can click in to see my mood board and reference images. I want a wallpaper accent wall, so I used this color palette tool to help compare options. Milanote's interface is very non-linear and flexible, so I can create boards that actually match how my brain flows. It's so fun to move elements wherever I need them. I can work with photos, text, sketches, arrows. I love that I can see everything I need and I can move things to different folders so I don't get overwhelmed by too much info. The perfect balance. For my next project, I want to start brainstorming for a short film. I haven't made one since college, but it is on my goal list for the year. Milanote will definitely help make my planning much more organized and fun. If you'd like to try out Milanote, you can get a free account with no time limit. Click the link in my description to sign up and start your next creative project. Part 2 beverages, and identity. Let's start with the hydration obsession. These days, drinking water is basically trendy. Actually, yeah, take a sip every time I say water. Water. Obviously, we all need water to survive, but in recent years, being hydrated has become a status symbol. Stay hydrated, get your water in. It's associated with being healthy, having clear skin, and being like a good person overall. Like the whole, if you're unproblematic and drink water, you won't age kind of thing. Bryony did a great video about that recently, if you wanna check it out. There's so much to say about that, but yeah, I just think it's interesting that there are like moral implications. And of course there are still some connections to diet culture. Obviously drinking water in itself is not diet culture, but it moves into that territory, especially when people talk about drinking more water to feel more full or overly focusing on being clean. There are ideas of good hydration versus bad hydration. Typically the more pure your drink is the better. So plain water. Water. that's clean, that's ideal. Maybe add some lemon, but that's acceptable because it's natural. I think this focus on purity, good hydration, is part of the reason why some people are mad about water talk being called water. It isn't natural, clean, or pure enough in their eyes, which is very interesting. Continuing on, there are also major consumerist trends wrapped up in the hydration obsession. You can't just drink your water out of a plain glass, or God forbid, a plastic bottle Okay, one criticism of Water Talk that I do agree with is the bottled water thing. If you can afford it, please buy a Brita. If you have the right drinking products, you can reassert your identity. For example, years ago, hydro flasks were the popular water bottle. You could show your personality by covering it with stickers, and you could signal that you care about the environment, and you're committed to being hydrated. Because those things are chunky, they are heavy. The concept of having an emotional support water bottle is a thing, and some people have massive water bottle collections of all different shapes, colors, and sizes. And those can be pricey, like a good water bottle can be like 30 to 40 dollars. On one hand, I understand how it feels to finally find the perfect copper bottle that for some reason encourages you to drink water. This one is mine, I know it's not very impressive, I use this at home, no lid. But if it works, good for you, keep it up. But the idea of having a huge collection? i don't find that necessary these days of course the most prized container is the stanley cup look at this huge 40 ounces with a handle it fits in the cup holder i see the appeal but i personally don't think i could justify buying more than one this is a family i got a five dollars at five below i refuse to spend 40 to 60 dollars on a cup so this is what y'all gonna get but i think y'all should go get it too because why we are in a recession for a little more consumerism in the beverage department. <laughs> Why am I talking like this? <laughs> I think it's cause I feel like I'm standing at a podium. People enjoy their little beverages so much they want a dedicated space to make them. Having an at-home beverage bar is part of the luxurious routine. On TikTok, I've seen coffee bars and now water bars. In these stations, you can show off your coffee pods, machines, frothers, tools, syrups, and even fancy ice makers. On Water Talk, women have huge collections of. powders and syrups, seemingly for equal parts function and aesthetic. It's nice to put together the organizers to display your collection, to have every possible flavor combination at your fingertips. Some commenters even claim to spend hundreds of dollars buying up supplies for their Water Talk journey. I'm already regretting these purchases and this was like $10. Anyway, I think we all understand how much delight we can derive from the simplest little things, even if it is your daily drink. A nice little beverage can be my favorite treat like the highlight of my day. To me, the height of luxury is drinking three liquids at once, you know, like one for fun, one for hydration, and then one for energy. Am I even drinking them? Sometimes, but it's just comforting knowing they're there and using up all the coasters in my house. Next up, the Venn diagram of beverage lovers. So now I kinda wanna compare water talk to other popular beverage trends that we've seen. I think it's fascinating that some drinks are seen as either classy or trashy. What's your drink of choice? I know that meme is outdated, but seriously, your ideal beverage can say a lot about you. I'm trying to visualize a Venn diagram with the crossover of all these drinks and aesthetics. So for example, starting with the clean girl or that girl, she probably drinks lemon water, matcha. She might have a really nice espresso machine. And these girls have a little bit of crossover with the wellness girly, though she's more likely to add some alkaline or chlorophyll water to the mix. Or maybe she's just rocking a really expensive airwand smoothie. Then we have a simple gal who probably loves Diet Coke and you know, chain coffee like Starbucks or Dunkin'. And I'm not gonna call her basic. She's happy to enjoy the mainstream things. They're easy to find. And if you add Mormonism to the simple gal, you get the Utah soda. It's soda with syrup and coffee creamer. In the spirit of this video, I'm actually excited to try this. Today, we're gonna make a Utah soda. I don't know how much creamer to put in this, but I luckily only have a teeny bit left, so. Smells weird. I don't know. (laughs) And here's the thing. I've seen people thinking that, you know, Utah sodas are super weird. But like, have you ever heard of a root beer float? Combining some kind of a milk or ice cream with a soda is kind of classic. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Would I do this often? Probably not. But if some creamer accidentally fell into my daily little Diet Coke, would I be upset? No. Anyway, there are unlimited other categories of beverage girlies and beverage girlies don't even have to be girlies, okay? Beverage girlies can be anyone. Every group, every aesthetic has their beverages, okay? Uh, One lavender latte with oat milk. You know who you are come on my point stands we all love beverages and many of us love the community the kinship that comes along with other people who share the same drink obsessions and finally i want to get deeper into food politics and class signifiers as i've been alluding to throughout this video there are class distinctions or assumptions that we make based on our consumption habits things that are considered healthy clean and natural are typically associated with wealth. And in general, fast food, or junk food, is relatively cheap, and more accessible, more widely available. Though recently, with inflation, food prices have been skyrocketing, and there isn't really any cheap food anymore. Things are just slightly less expensive than other things. But anyway, let's talk about branding. How do colors and packaging impact our perception of food and drinks? I recently saw this TikTok by Not Sorry Art, and it felt so relevant to this section. This artist creates pieces with bright, colors reminiscent of her childhood in poverty. The aesthetics of it all is something that I'm incredibly interested in. The subliminal visual communication or the aesthetic has a lot to do with how we perceive and digest and moralize class in our country. I started to pull this connection between color and class. I'm tired of poverty in the United States being portrayed as gray and sparse. When I close my eyes and visualize poverty, it looks like clutter and chaos and foggy weather-worn plastic. It feels like the anxious buzz of constant mental math while in an abundantly stocked grocery store. It smells like cigarettes and mildew and love spell body spray. Sometimes in America, I think we like to keep our collective vision of what poverty looks like in black and white, and planted in the visual soil of the Dust Bowl, because past poverty is Perseverance and grit, and contemporary poverty is ignorance and laziness. As she mentioned, life in poverty actually includes a lot of color, especially for kids. There's brightly colored food and drinks, but they're associated with being unnatural, fake, full of artificial sweeteners flavors and colors. Even when you think of old fast food joints, they're often colorful but faded, like a neglected McDonald's play place. It reminds me of dead malls. When it comes to children's toys, the cheap ones are often colorful and plastic too. Not Sorry Art often references the Dollar Store Barbie aesthetic. Compare all of that to a wealthy aesthetic. What colors come to mind? As I discussed in my video on looking expensive, that's more about minimalism and neutrals. Often rich people have massive, but sparsely decorated homes, lots of white and beige more expensive toys will likely be Montessori-friendly wooden toys that are apparently more enriching than colorful plastic ones. Now, there is a whole trope about sad beige babies, and I think that is fascinating. But going back to food, when it comes to high-quality, healthy food, people tend to want color, but they want natural color. Feed yourself with the rainbow, that sort of messaging. So, all of that inspired me in the context of water talk. I think some people are disturbed by water talks ingredients for many reasons, one being perhaps some conscious or subconscious classism. I also think there are some anti-Southern sentiments. Many of the most popular water talkers are white Southern women, and a lot of the parody videos use an exaggerated Southern accent. I'm definitely not saying that I think that the people making the parody videos are intentionally being hateful, but I mention this because, unfortunately, many people still believe and promote the stereotype that Southerners are stupid and poor. You don't know what water is. You don't know this stuff is unhealthy. And this is obviously associated with the idea of white trash. Even though, you know, the women from Water Talk are probably not broke. They seem to be doing fine. But their actual class does not matter. It's more about how they're being perceived. I say all of this very well aware that if you're in the U.S. and you're poor and you're white, you're still going to get much better treatment and you're going to face a lot less discrimination than poor BIPOC folks. But anyway... Just thought it was important to note because yes, many of the prominent water talkers happen to be white southern women. On top of all that, I think there's the idea that adult women should not be drinking this. They shouldn't be drinking these kind of beverages. Bright red or blue liquid with mermaid or unicorn syrup, Skittles flavored powder, that's for children. It might be seen as excessively colorful, ostentatious, too loud, tacky. And I think where you buy these products plays a factor too. I try Tried to find these at, like, my local regular grocery store, all I could find were these little water drops, and according to all Water Talkers, the Dollar Store is a go-to spot for the powders, which is where I found mine, and then, like, TJ Maxx is where you can find the syrups, and these are discount stores. And to defend the Water Talk ladies, if you can find these products cheaper at a Dollar Store or at TJ Maxx, why would you want to overpay by buying them elsewhere? Who cares? Get your deal! Be a maxinista. So, I think that might be part of the reason why some people see Water Talk as kind of cheap or tacky. Again, I don't believe this, but I'm just trying to make sense of it, and pull in these other factors that might contribute to how people perceive this trend. There are many other products that exist to add flavor to water, but they're all perceived differently. Kool-Aid or Tang is on the low end, probably, Crystal Light might be somewhere in the middle, and then there are more upscale products, like a SodaStream or water drops. I just find it fascinating that they all serve similar purposes, but due to their price points, branding, and ingredients, they're perceived very differently. One last brain blast I just thought of. In addition to these more upscale products being less colorful, many of them are also about just having like a hint of flavor, like we've all heard the LaCroix jokes. Do you want a drink that tastes like you touched a lime and dipped your finger in water? So anyway, perhaps there's a sense of like, restraint? with these more upscale products. Like the rich and wealthy <laughs> have such refined palettes that all they need is like one drop of flavor. Anything else would be too much. Anyway, to end this video, I know that this has been probably kind of random, but I wasn't going to cover this initially and then Sheridan brought it up and I had been seeing it on my For You page and I thought, you know what? There's actually a lot more to this topic than I first thought and it was fun to research. I still wanna do more videos um, deeper into like food politics because I think that's really fascinating. The whole idea of like ingredient households, if you've ever heard of that. Again, like food is so personal. What we consume and the values that we're raised with when it comes to food is so fascinating to me. So I just think there's like endless possibilities of exploration there. Anyway, I guess the last thing I want to say in regard to this topic is again, let people enjoy their silly little beverages. We all love a silly little beverage. It's like, really, no one, no one is harming you. If it harms you to watch someone drink their drink, look away. (laughs) Keep scrolling. So that is all before the sun sets on me. Thanks again to Milano for sponsoring today's video. You can sign up for a free account in the description. And I've got to give a shout out to my patrons. I have a Patreon if you want to support my channel, support my content. I create a monthly bonus video, see some behind the scenes stuff. If you want to know more of my process or just what I'm up to in my personal life. And extra thank yous to my executive producer tier. We have Face, Abby Hayden, Alter Still, Eric Danielson, Freshly Laundered, Jackie King, Jeanette, Jill Hoffman, Julie Leva, Matthew Gray, Megan Collins, Medcat33, Nicole Louise, Sarah Kemi, Stevie May, Tom Walker, Treffa, and VivianOladun.com. Thank you so much for being patrons. That's all. Stay hydrated. Okay, thanks. Bye. If I were a fish and you caught me, you'd say, Look at that fish. Be doo doo ba doo doo doo. Scooby boo boo. Ba boo ba la la la.